Welcome to the World Nomads podcast, delivered by World Nomads, the travel lifestyle and insurance brand. It's not your usual travel podcast. It's everything for the adventurous, independent traveler. Welcome to a bonus episode of the World Nomads podcast, coinciding with the release of our new and improved safety guide. The guide is full of tips, hacks, advice, warnings, and travel alerts, so you can have a safe but fun time in Thailand. Now, fellow podcast host Phil, hello Phil, g'day, and travel safety producer Alison, hello, hello Alison. They've spent months toiling over the refresh, and they're going to share a few of the highlights with us in this episode. But first, Stuart McDonald runs Travel Fish, an independent travel guide to Southeast Asia, which. Obviously, includes Thailand. Stuart, I, you know Thailand is an amazingly popular destination. Um, you must get a lot of traffic to your site. People asking questions about Thailand. Ah, uh, yeah, sure. It's uh, the, definitely the most popular part of our site, um, both for, for new visitors who have never been there before and and uh, people going back for their fifth, tenth, twentieth trip. Yeah, it's one of those places that you don't tire of easily. Even if you've been to Phuket three times, you could certainly do a fourth. I speak for yourself. I don't know about four times in Phuket. <laughs> yeah, no. You get what I'm saying. Yeah, I know what you mean, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, yeah, it's, it's the kind of country that people just go back to again and again and again. What's your favourite bit of Thailand then, Stu? Uh, I prefer it up in the north. Um, in the northeast along the Mekong River, um, preferably where it isn't as heavily touristed. Uh, most of the islands in Thailand now are pretty, uh, are pretty well developed. Um, so I, I try and uh, like to get to areas a bit further afield, a little bit more off the beaten track and just get a scooter and um, go exploring. When was the first time you went to Thailand? How long ago? Was, oh, I'm, I'm, I'm going to get you to give away your age uh, now, aren't I? Yeah. The first time in... Uh, 93. Does it attract regularly travellers from the UK, from Europe, from America? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, not so much from the States, but I mean, Thailand has always been very popular with Europeans, uh, particularly the French and Germans. Uh, the Brits have a very strong contingent um, uh, down on the islands, and there's obviously a lot of expatriates who, uh, you know, were, were um, from Europe in a previous life. Um, so, yeah, I mean, Australians are there as well, uh, lots of Kiwis. A big change over the years I've been going there is now you see a lot more Thais travelling there. When I first went there to, to run into a, a Thai backpacker who was staying in a, a guest house was really peculiar, um, but now that's that's really common. Uh, and I, I, think, I think that's a really good thing because... Back in the day, unless you made the effort, the only kind of interaction you would have with a local would be, you know, you're buying a beer or booking a guest house or whatever. Um, but now you're just as likely to come across them in the common room as somebody from Argentina or, or Spain. Um, and as long as everyone's not looking at their phone, um, there's an opportunity to get to know locals um, as they're traveling, you know, which I think has been a really great development. Not not, not just in Thailand, but uh, in particularly in Thailand as very noticeable. Why the shift, though? Uh, it's growing middle class, uh, more money, um, and just better information out there in Thai language for travelling in their country. Um, so, yeah, I mean, there's a lot of Thais now travelling around, particularly younger people, um, and it's great. From an Australian perspective, I mean, Thailand really is kind of, you know, the near neighbour, the sort of backyard, and there are so many Australians travel there that they become a little bit blasé mm-hmm. about 
about what to expect when they get there. In terms of safety I'm talking about here, they treat it a bit like their own backyard and maybe are not paying the kind of attention they ought to do. So it, would you say that's true? Like, you know, like, and, and how do other people like those from Europe, how do they... Uh, how do they sort of react to Thailand from a safety perspective? Is it perceived as a safe place or a bit on the dodgy side sometimes? Well, I think uh, there's perception and reality. Um, I think generally speaking, Thailand's a very safe place to to travel to. We, we always say like you have like a packing list, which is sort of telling people what to pack, what, how many un- sets of underwear and how, how many T-shirts and all that kind of stuff. But really the first thing you need to pack is your brain. You know, and I think a lot of people, like you say, they arrive and they're really just not taking into account where they are. And you are in a different country and things do work differently, not necessarily in a, in a negative way, uh, but still things can be quite a bit different. Um, but that doesn't necessarily make it unsafe. Uh, you've just got to take a bit more personal responsibility into making sure that um, you're taking the safety precautions, which say in Australia you would have to because it's against the law, um, where in, in Thailand and elsewhere in Southeast Asia it's a bit more, you know, well, yeah, you should wear a helmet <laughs> and you shouldn't be drunk. Yeah. But nobody's really going to do much about that, so it's up to you not to do it, you know. Well, the full, full moon party always makes news. Whenever that happens, there's always some idiot that's, I- that does something stupid. Yeah, sure, but I mean, if you have a, a beach festival in in Australia with ten thousand people there, and and a lot of uh, some uh, uh, stuff that you wouldn't maybe come across normally, you have some pretty outrageous behaviour as well. I mean, I haven't been to a full moon party in a couple of years, but I mean, yeah, you know, it's personal responsibility. Um, watching what you do, watching your drink, that kind of thing. Um, I, I think in the scheme of things, they, they don't do too bad with that particular event. You know, um, Because somebody's serving you a bucket drink, it doesn't mean you have to drink the whole thing. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> Who would have thought? Well, yeah, exactly. There's not, there's not a law that you have to drink through. <laughs> um, so, no, you know, you read stories about the situations people get themselves into and it's, and you think, well, what were you thinking? And often they, they just weren't. Hey, just just uh, out in the last 24 hours up to recording this, there was um, in the wake of that terrible, tragic uh, boat accident where a lot of uh, Chinese tourists drowned, the uh, Thai government, yep. and when I say Thai government, you mean the, the generals in suits these days who run the joint. Yeah, the, yeah. the junta. Yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. But uh, they have just announced that they are going to start checking on vessels to make sure they are seaworthy before they're allowed to be registered. And tourist boats that are going out are going to have to register, you know, put in a, a, a plan, like a flight plan for a boat. So it's kind of good to see, right. it's kind of good yeah. to see those changes coming through as well. Yeah, absolutely. I think um, in in that particular case, I think some of these laws are actually already on the books. Um, And there's one thing for a general to get up and say, we're going to do this or we're going to do that. And they're under tremendous pressure to do something because there's been quite a a large backlash from mainland Chinese groups. Um, And so they've got the stick that they're sort of trying to get some action out of the, the junta on. Um, but it's one thing to say, you know, everyone's going to have a life jacket or there's going to be a boat manifest or whatever. 
It's another thing to enforce it. So when they start enforcing it, then I think that's a great, it'll be a great step forward. Well, they do say it's effective immediately. They say that boat operators will be swiftly punished with the maximum penalty. But in addition, you will, any boat that you want to build has to, the blueprint has to be submitted. And as Phil said, to make sure it is actually a seaworthy seaworthy boat. Well, that's reassuring, isn't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, it is. No, no more leaky boats allowed, all right? That's a good clampdown. It is. So, right, yeah. You know, exactly. we can be as suspicious as we like, but it, it makes you feel a little safer, doesn't it, when you read those things in black and white? Well, I mean, one of the things that we say in the um, on the Nomad site and in, the, in our safety guide, you know, when you get on the boat, ask them to show you the life jackets. Yeah. If they can't show you the life jackets, they probably don't have any. Go get on another boat that does. Yeah. Yeah. It's that sort of personal responsibility. I, I think this is a big thing. Like, also, not, not um, you know, around the same time as that accident in Phuket, there was the tragedy on Lake Toba in Sumatra where it was over 100 dead. Yeah. I think it was 200, actually. Now, that boat was overloaded to a ridiculous extent. You really need to say to people, and this is something that we say, if the boat is overloaded, if the boat driver is obviously stoned or drunk, if there's no life jackets, don't get on and just don't. Like, I've been on a boat that's sunk. I've had to swim from the boat to shore. It wasn't very far, but I would prefer not to have had that experience. And it's it's a very difficult situation to be in, but our boat was overloaded. Our boatman was stoned. What were we thinking? I mean, I was 20-something, and I'm like, yeah, whatever, it'll be okay. Um, but, you know, you really need to take this kind of thing, this kind of responsibility into your own hands because the state won't do it. Can you tell us a bit more about that? That must have been absolutely frightening. Uh, it was a, a, in far southern southwest Thailand and we're taking a long tail boat from one island to another in um, quite bad weather conditions and the boat was overloaded and uh, there was too many backpacks and too many people and uh, the boatman wasn't really uh, of this earth. And we got, I don't know, it was about 200 metres offshore or something like that, and the boat sank. Um, but it was a couple of hundred metres, and that's a long way to swim when you're fully clothed and you've got boots on and you're trying to drag a pack and, and the waves are bad and, and all of that kind of stuff. And there's a famous, so, sorry, there's just a, a famous saying where they, they say, um, Everything was going fine until it wasn't. Imagine if you were smashed, like you'd had a skin full of alcohol too. That just makes the whole swimming to shore even that yeah. bit more difficult. Exactly. I read in a, another meme that I saw just the other day. It's one day your life is going to flash in front of your eyes. Make sure it's worth watching. <laughs> <laughs> and I think you've probably done I that, Stuart. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I've had a few moments. So in summary, pack your brain. Yeah, I mean, I think pack your brain is the main thing. I mean, there's all sorts of, uh, you know, you can pack a medical kit and this and that. The easiest way to reduce your your risk profile when you're travelling in Thailand is to wear a helmet, um, is to get a motorcycle licence before you go. I mean, that's 90% of the problem gone. Thanks for that, Stuart. So let's pick apart some aspects of the guide with Phil and Alison, and perhaps it's best to pick up where Stuart left off and ask about riding motorbikes and scooters. Obviously a helmet. 
Absolutely. Uh, it is the law in Thailand that you need to wear a helmet and it's also a requirement of uh, World Nomads Travel Insurance that you are wearing a helmet. But the other main requirement, Alison, would be you've got to have a licence, right? That's correct. You must have a licence, in fact, a motorcycle licence from home and an international driver's permit in order to ride legally in Thailand. Wow, so just like hiring a car. That's right. You've got to be like, um, you don't magically acquire a motorcycle license by flying into Bangkok. And an international driver's permit, an IDP, is not a license. It is a translation of your home license into other languages. So it doesn't, again, magically bestow upon you the ability to ride a motorcycle or a license to do so. It will only say that you are licensed to ride or drive. Whatever yep. it is, you've so got. you've got to know how to ride a motorbike. You've got to know Simple. how to ride a motorbike. Yeah. So what? Once you've you've got your um your motorbike. So we've assumed you've got your license. You've got your yep. uh, international driver's license as well. What are the roads like? Put this way: if you're a beginner, Thailand's not the place to learn. Why? Uh let's just say they've got a very high road toll uh, per capita. In fact, they're just behind Libya in terms of road statistics fatalities, and. Was it between 2016 and 17 in the new year period? Over 400 people were killed in one week. 400 people in one week. And but these are people that have got licenses. Yeah, imagine so. But then there's probably also a lot of people over there who ride without them. The regulatory authorities don't <laughs> check stuff out as often as they do here. So, I mean, you can probably ride around without a motorcycle license for quite a while. And if you're going to get stopped by a policeman, then you just have to pay a we'll get into this in a minute. Yeah, just pay a uh, on the spot fine and you'll be allowed to go anyway. But that doesn't mean because you're allowed to go anyway. It doesn't mean that you're licensed. It just means you've been allowed to continue riding illegally. Well, in the destination podcast last week with Cassie on Vietnam, Cambodia and Laos, um, she mentioned the bribes <laughs> that take place. So Thailand is part of Southeast Asia and obviously Obviously, a little bit of you like this one, Phil, don't you? A bit of that, yeah. a, a little bit of backhander there. Yeah, no yeah. problem. Little, we're doing we're all doing hand signals yeah, at the moment. Should as well. be right. Yeah, yeah, a little bit of silence, <laughs> silence money. Yeah, look, uh, bribery, uh, corruption. I suppose is really what it is. Um, police in Thailand are very poorly paid, and to uh, help you know, put food on the table for the families, they will look for opportunities to um, earn some cash on the side. And that's usually by stopping foreigners that they see right, uh, driving or riding around and imposing an on-the-spot fine, uh, which includes no paperwork, which goes straight into their pocket. You will find them at particular times of year. They're a bit more keen on that one. Uh, when is it? It's the, Alison, the RN New Year. When they, they've got a holiday break and they need some extra cash. Yeah, so, yeah, a little bit of extra, you know, end of year money to spend on the family and everybody else, a little bit of gig money on the side. But the bottom line is don't be a dumb farang and get busted. Yeah, well, you're probably going to get stopped anyway. Look, and I don't know how you feel about this, Kim, ethically. How do you feel about Oh, I think it's like giving a donation. Okay. You know, we in Australia we have like a giving tree at Christmas time where we take wrapped gifts and we put them under the tree and they go to people who can't afford them. Yeah. You know, if they're struggling with their family and trying to get through the the season, the festive season, what what's the fine? What are we talking? Probably should ask that first. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah you know, it's a couple of bucks sometimes, oh, maybe five bucks. No, two ten to bucks five, by the yeah. time by the time you've converted it, it's not a lot. It's about two hundred to five hundred baht. 
Yeah, not an issue. But are they bribing in other areas as well as on the road? Uh, yes, there are. That you you could be invited to you know speed up the process by making a you know a donation for Special tea donation. money or something like that. Yeah, yeah. Look, I, you know, we can't. It's illegal. Basically, it boils down to you're paying a bribe. You're being participating in corruption, so it's illegal. So, um, you know, quite a, a number of people will have issues ethically with doing that. Yeah. So, what we what we advise is try not to think of it as a bribe or corruption, but paying honour and respect I to see. the uh, to the official that you're dealing with. Can I just say though, by the way, because I'm going to have to do this, all right? Because this is a brand podcast. We do not condone illegal activity of any type. Look, and the thing, and the other thing you'll find as well, um, you know, don't forget that it is a military junta running Thailand, um, and they are they are, are well aware of how bad the corruption is and what it does to the, uh, you know, to the public perception of the country. Yeah. So they're actually cracking down on it. In and saying that, prostitution is illegal in Thailand. Yet I they know. make a lot of money off it. It's Knocked me down with a feather when I heard that one, I have to say. It's booming, is it? Booming industry. Well, yeah, but it is actually illegal. We'll chat to Claire very shortly about being a female traveller on your own in Thailand. Um, before we do that, drink spiking. Yes, problem everywhere in the world, but uh, also quite common in some of the, you know, the some of the soy, soys and the back soy lanes bangla. of the and the and the nightclubs around Patong and Bangkok and uh, and those places, you need to protect uh, yourself from drink spiking, men and women, um, because uh, it does happen to everybody. And there are ways of you know making sure you don't get spiked. Always buy your own drink. Never leave your drink unattended. Finish your drink before you go to the toilet as well. So pack your brain, the stuff that exactly. you would do in any city. Yeah. Um, and does the moonshine kind of business stretch into Thailand? You know, the- there is bootleg alcohol. Um, it does happen, but it's a case of when you're getting, you know, your drinks mixed. Check that the bar is using, say, a reputable brand of alcohol rather than, you know, the unmarked bottle. And if it looks sus, don't take it. Don't drink it. Tips for men and women, but Claire Rogers has written an article for us about solo female travel safety in Southeast Asia. So I reckon that's a pretty good time to hand things over to you, Claire. It is safe, I would say. Um, but why do you say that? Uh, well, for the most part, I've travelled solo through Asia. I've also travelled with other people and I have felt safer when I'm with a guy. Um, just as a female, you do get a little bit more attention. Um which usually it's fine. You kind of, if you're just confident and know what you're doing, you'll be fine. But um, there are times when, you know, it can be uncomfortable, but I think it's fine. It's just more at night time. You just need to be a little bit safer. Obviously, don't walk around by yourself. I always say, like, dress on the more conservative side and understand the culture of the place you're in, um, and you should be fine. If you just kind of a little bit more educated and have read up on things then and have an understanding of the place you're in, then it is safe. Uh, it's been suggested that with anything, you just pack your brain, Claire. Yep. Yeah, I would say that. Just read up. Um, obviously, beach resorts in, like, Bali and Thailand, they're used to travellers and backpackers. Um, why, if you're in the countryside, they may not see as many people. So... They're just not used to, you know, how to approach you, even how to talk to you, just like the best way to go about things. Um, Look, I, I often, you know, because I write some of the travel safety stuff for the World Nomads, 
um, site. But I often feel uncomfortable uh, yep. saying that you to women that you should dress conservatively because, um, you know, like in an ideal world, right, you should be able to... Wear what you like. Wear what you like and yeah. nobody should be able to tell you. But so how do you feel about that when you're travelling? Is it... Is it respect or do you begrudge it a little? Um, obviously, you'd like to wear what you want to wear. Like, I'm from Australia. I'm used to wearing shorts and a T-shirt out in summer. Um, I think it's just in, you know, places like Thailand, they are just used to people dressing a little bit more conservatively. And I found when I do dress more conservatively, you get less attention. Like, uh, there's been times, especially like when you're in your bathers, um, and I'm used to wearing, you know, a bikini in Australia. But when you wear something a bit more conservative, yeah, there's, there's just less attention. And it would be nice to be able to wear whatever, but I think you just need to respect the country that you're in as well. So what's conservative? A one-piece, is it? Well, yeah, like, you know, I guess it's a, it's a hard line, isn't it? Um, <laughs> yeah. Bathers are pretty revealing. Um, but even when I have worn, say, like pants and a jumper, I've still got some unwanted attention i have the same problem where i'm wearing my speedos kim <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, all the unwanted attention i get there pretty sure you don't <laughs> pretty sure you don't now allison has suggested that i ask you about females and monks yep what what are the rules there um you're not meant to like touch a monk as a female um that's like a no 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 like obviously you can talk to them i've been in temples and places where they've come up and offered to give tours because they want to practice English. Um, I guess you're not meant to, like, look directly kind of at them. You're meant to be at a lower level to them. For the most part, they they love talking to people um, and, you know, learning English, practicing their English. That's what I've found. Well, it also suggests in the guide not to sit next to monks on public transport. Look out for monk-only areas in waiting rooms. Women are not welcome in some temples, so check the signs. Yep. And if you pass a monk on the street, let him pass by you first. Yes, yep. Lots that, to think that is about. correct, yeah. yeah. A- <laughs> I'm all for showing respect for yep. wherever yep. you are, which is fine. But, you know, that sort of... Cow-towing? You know, Cow-towing? Yeah, but, you know, like, know your place, get out of the way of the monks, girls. So, you know, like, what's, you know, how do you balance within yourself that, that nexus between everybody's equal and there's these kind of strange patriarchal rules? How do you deal with that internally? I guess, like, as I say, it just all comes down to understanding and, like, you read things about the culture and you kind of understand it. Like, there's times you're a bit like, oh... I need to really be checking myself, like constantly aware of all these things. And, um, you know, but you kind of, you've got to respect it. You're like, that's their, their country. That's how it's done. So that's just how I, I think about it. Um, I don't take it anything personally. Um, yeah. It's just the culture. Well, the guide says that feminism hasn't cemented itself in in, uh, Thailand and in that society. So just as there are Western men who think all Thai girls are interested in sex, there are Thais that think the same of Of Western Western girls. girls. Yeah. Because of the way they dress sometimes as well. But, see, the point of this podcast is to, to share the um, the guide and how it's been refreshed, but we don't want to scare people off from oh, no. travelling there. So, no. no, no, it's great. I've loved – I think I've been to Thailand three times now and I've loved it every time. Um, it's a great country to travel, yeah. 
She's Claire, and we will share that article in show notes. But we want to touch on, before we go, strange laws, royal family and bribing. Again, in the Destination podcast, when you were um, hooking this particular episode, yes. you know, enticing us to listen, make <laughs> sure we subscribe and download, you mentioned something about make sure you wear your undies. I know. It's, uh, how weird is this law? It is illegal to go out in Thailand without underwear on. Man and woman? Uh, absolutely. No commando. No That's, commando. No, but I want to know who checked. <laughs> Has anybody ever actually been arrested for that? Podcasts at worldnomads.com. <laughs> and, and who determined this law? Like, did all of a sudden somebody see somebody with no underpants and go, right, that's not acceptable? I don't know. That's, that's I don't, I'd wrong. love to know an explanation of why it's there. You also can't drive a car shirtless either. But you can walk around shirtless? Apparently so. All right, the royal family. Oh, any other strange laws before we move on to the royal family? Other than nudity? <laughs> no, no. Well, no, just be respectful as well. I mean, there are areas of Thailand which are still quite conservative in their values. Mm. Um, so, you know, just be respectful. Like talking about put a shirt on when you leave the beach and make sure you do cover up when you're going to a temple. And same with so, the girls. Cover it up. Don't walk around your bikini. All right, let's get on to the royal family. Why are they so important? Uh, look, they're very beloved family, long tradition of uh, great respect for the royal family and it's, that's actually built into their laws as well. The, you, uh, it's, uh, the, the, was it laissez majest, I think, yes. is my terrible Latin, Ooh, I started think. started in 1908. Uh, where it is illegal to be disrespectful or to insult the royal family, particularly the king. And that can mean... Not even stepping on a Thai Bart note if it flies away or giving the king some fancy glasses yeah, and no a Gandalf beard. No drawing on the currency. Okay, before we wrap up, just very briefly, scams too. God, where do we start? <laughs> <laughs> if you look at and you will want to download the Thai Safety Guide, there are quite a few from tuk-tuk scams to gym scams to photograph scams. Yeah, and birdseed bracelet scams, fake butt, you name it, it's all in Thailand. The birdseed scam is a classic. It's in a particular square near the Grand Palace, near some of the more famous what's the temples there. And there are people who uh, you can find uh, using bird feeding the pigeons there. They've got bags of seed and they will hand one of the bags of seed to you to join in with this lovely ritual of feeding the birds and then you're going to get charged an absolute mozza for the bird seed that you just used yeah and then you got you know photo scams where you often see in the nightclub areas um people with animals and often those animals are being poorly treated it's it's a really really bad idea to get a photo with these things bad idea for the animal but you're also going to get charged for taking the photo yeah exactly Uh, same with the ladyboys as well it does happen you often um have groups of ladyboys who want to get a photo with you and then they'll ask you for money as well but can i just say when i've been to thailand a couple of times i really like the place it's fantastic the thai people are very very friendly and these things could happen to you might happen to you but not all of them and you could go there and none of them will happen to you but these are the things that we need to warn you about so you are forearmed and you know how to avoid them and you can have a great time when you go to thailand we're delving into the contents of the new and improved thai safety guide that's it how do we get a copy of it you can download it from worldnomads.com also just briefly it's a really great place to travel to if you're in a same-sex relationship or lgbtq in fact thailand is making a big to become lgbt plus 
tourism hotspot. Fantastic. So nothing to worry about there. Thanks for that, guys. Yeah, and that's all right. Download name. the guide, folks. You can access the World Nomads podcast on Stitcher, Google Play, iHeartRadio and iTunes where you can rate, share and subscribe. Now, next week we're featuring another of our amazing nomads, James Barkman. He's a documentary and editorial photographer. And he's inspired most by the mountains and the sea. And at the moment, he's living off his 96 DR650. And he's riding from Alaska to Patagonia. (laughs) Way to go. See you then. Bye. Bye. The World Nomads Podcast. Explore your boundaries.